I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer, and today is Saturday, February 26, 2022. I'm recording this at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's get into those crypto prices. We have Bitcoin sitting at $39,276, pretty much even from yesterday. Ethereum is at $2,790, up 2.5%. Tether's number three. Binance Coin is at $375, up 2%. And USDC is in number five. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Cardano, Solana, Terra Luna, and Avalanche. Total market cap, we're at $1.78 trillion, a BTC dominance of 41.7, and an F dominance of 18.7. And we don't have much news today. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on with uh, Ukraine, Russia, Bitcoin, but I have emails from uh, yesterday's show that I wanted to share with you. So I'm going to share those with you now. And obviously, if you want to reply or comment on these emails or anything about the show, please email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. The first letter comes from Vince. And Vince writes, Hey, Matt, I just wanted to comment on the coverage by Decrypt and Scott Cipollina's perceived coverage of crypto in general. There are many things in life that depend on a person's perception that can be seen having a positive or negative impact. Let's take journalism, for example. Inherently, it's supposed to be objective, a neutral vehicle for information to the public. Clearly, many news sites and media giants reel journalism as their badge to use it how they see fit, whether it be for one cause or another. This is not objectivity. Let's use Bitcoin as another example of a neutral vehicle that has no inherent bias, as journalism should. It can be wielded for good or evil and has no bias to its function. Right now, Bitcoin donations are helping Ukraine fund defense from the Russian incursion. At the same time, Putin could be using Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to avoid global sanctions. Does this mean crypto is bad or good? In my opinion, it doesn't mean it's either. I think coverage by journalists like Scott could do a better job of painting cryptocurrencies in a more neutral light, as they truly are, instead of only associating crypto with negative stories such as carbon emitters, scams, and funding for white supremacy. The way these articles are written, especially the headlines, cryptocurrency is painted as the primary villain instead of the perpetrators using it. Cryptocurrency and blockchain tech is only a tool that can be used for good or evil, much like journalism, fiat currency, regulation, religion, and the list goes on. I think crypto journalists need to be more responsible in their coverage as to not sway people in the way that it could turn them towards or away from crypto, but help them understand why it's used the way it is. I hope this makes sense and sorry for the long email. Vince. Vince, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to write in, and I have a response to this, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands what I expect when I sit down with people from Decrypt or journalists from Decrypt, and they come on the show. And so before they come on the show, we have a brief conversation. I say, look, I want to talk about the news, but I also want to have opinions and discussions about things. And so I make sure that they know that, one, uh, I want to tell everybody the headlines. I want to tell everybody what they wrote. I want to try to give the the facts of a certain situation as clear as possible, but I also ask their opinion. And so I hope that people, when they hear uh, guests on the show, journalists on the show, people from Decrypt, writers, editors, and so on and so forth, when they come on the show, that they know that there is the journalist, say, Scott Cipollina, but there's also the opinion of Scott Cipollina. 
And I think that, in my opinion, Scott does a good job of separating both of those. And it's very hard to do a, I guess, a, a talk show or a podcast or a daily news show and make it one informational and not too dry because I'd like to have these conversations and these conversations don't live in, a, I guess, a bubble. They don't live outside of opinion. They don't have, live outside of discussion or um, feelings even. And so a cut and dried neutral journalist is just that, a journalist that puts out information. And then there's the opinion of that journalist. And what I do try to do is have discussions and get those, I guess, feelings, emotions, biases, uh, ideas out onto the podcast. And so I just want to let you know that there is the journalist of Scott and there's also the opinions of Scott. And you might not agree with the opinions of Scott, but please don't conflate the two together because as a host, I try to get those out of him and anybody else who's on the show. And so uh, please don't take that away from his, I guess, professionalism. The next email comes from Xavier. And Xavier says, Hi, Matt. Love this show. I was listening to the interview with Scott, and I was hoping you pushed back harder on the narrative that digital assets undermine U.S. sanctions. That's crap. The biggest thing undermining sanctions is the Western world's addiction to oil and gas. Look at the volumes on the chart below. And he's on a chart below. And I will, I don't know if I can share that with you because I don't have a link for it. So I apologize about that. Anyway, he continues to say, Russia is a petrostate, and if oil is traded in U.S. dollars or euro, how could any economic sanction regime absent of oil be effective? It's so frustrating that folks take any chance they get to slander digital assets. Xavier. Xavier, thank you very much for your email. And if anybody has comments of if I should have pushed back or did I not push back hard enough, uh, let me know, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. And finally, this email comes from Anja. And Anja writes, Hey, Matthew, I'm writing to follow up on a Twitter conversation you just held with regards to Ukraine and crypto. There's so much to address. Governmental aspect is important, and it's really devastating to see Tony Lane is no longer with us to speak her thoughts. She was an amazing storyteller and really had good insight on the socio-political situation. It's indeed crazy to see such actions such as the one Putin took in the 21st century. Then again, humanity is but a young race, and we've only just begun evidencing history in a way that could help future generations rationalize their steps in an improved way. Around me, many are reminded of war and its calculations, and there's plenty of open wounds from the war in Yugoslavia. My country went through war when I was born, and I'm 30 years old. This time is different. While World War I and World War II, along with the separation wars that followed, including the ones that resulting out of the fight against terrorism, are fought between nations, Russia unknowingly entered into different waters. Ukraine was known for its digitally advanced governmental infrastructure. They were having the benefits of generations familiar with damages made by Russian hackers. It's not just the digital advancements. Blockchain literacy and enthusiasm for decentralization comes from those who are generally attracted to cognitive challenges, thus blockchain communities have been full of clever and curious geeks. But we should not forget that the roots Satoshi put together included a strong message that led many to believe that the idea originated in financial incapacity of nation-states and existing banking systems to prevent catastrophes. The war is a beginning of the old system's collapse. I do not promote the idea of anarchy and would restrain from being anti-establishment. It's more about how perceived nations and what power they possess in a new cosmopolitan world generating not only in well-known domains, land, water, air, space, but now digitally speaking as well. It should not be overlooked that the repression and violation of human rights, as well as the sovereignty of nation-states, inevitably leads to a new reorganization of power, one not even Russia and China combined can conquer. P.S. I love your decrypt recaps and hope there was more time to listen to your podcast. You play a critical role in times like this, and I'll continue to see you as the Michael Burke of the blockchain community. Good luck, 
Anja. Thank you for writing in, Anja, and thank you, everybody, for listening and writing in. And if anybody else wants to write in, write in at MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co to anything that was said here today on YouTube, on Spaces, in yesterday's podcast, or anything that's happening right now in the world. Again, conversation and discussion is important. More speech, not less speech. We have to figure this out. And until Monday, happy hodling, everyone.